Testing the mic, motherfuckers. What's up? This is Eric Hollis, leader of BitFaced. <laughs> leader. <laughs> <laughs> to BitFaced. Uh, to say I'm excited about tonight's episode is, a, is an understatement. I've been trying to get these guys on the cast ever since I heard what they were doing. Tonight we've got Bob Clark and Bruce Kilroy from Real Bloody. Not only one of the best horror review sites out there, but these guys are making a movie called Strip Club Massacre. And they came on to the BitCave tonight to talk to us about that. Across from me, as always, Tyler Ray Glaze, a.k.a. Run TRG. So, uh, Bob, uh, BJ, now welcome to the BitCave, my friends. Thanks for having us, guys. Hey, man. Thanks so much. I'm excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the first question that came to mind when I was going to have you guys on is where did Strip Club Massacre come from? There's got to be a story behind that. Bruce, should I I take this or do you want it? That's all you, Bob. I mean, you – yeah, yeah. Go for it, bro. So so real bloody, we were – about six months ago, we were producing a reality television show, a paranormal – investigative show and i just happened to be on set as a producer and i'm talking to the lead camera guy the the dp of the production and he looks at me and says hey man i've, I've heard you've written some screenplays before i'm like yeah absolutely and he goes yeah i've got an idea for a movie i want to do and i'm like okay cool what's the idea he goes it's called strip club massacre and i said holy shit that sounds amazing what's it about and he goes fuck if I know. He's like, that's what I want you for. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, all I know is it's going to be tits and blood in a strip club and people dying. Can you make me a story? So I immediately text Bruce and I said, hey man, I've got us a project and here we are. In a nutshell, that's that's the story. How long did it take you to write the screenplay? Uh, the screenplay is actually still, we're doing some rewrites as we speak. Uh, it took us about, what, two weeks to do a treatment uh, we went back and forth on a, a good solid story storyline, a good base, but uh, the screenplay is probably going to be finalized in the next couple weeks. I mean, we have a, a completed version, but we're doing some rewrites now to make the story a little a little better and a little more gritty. How much can you tell us about the story? And I, I don't want any spoilers, but how much can you give me like a brief synopsis? Bruce, give it to him, baby. <laughs> Uh, you know what, what it all boils down to is, is this story is about a young woman who's um, through a series of just bad luck forced into a scenario where she's doing some questionable things to to make ends meet. And, uh, you know, along the way, mayhem ensues and, um, she, you know, she's got to do what she's got to do to handle business. Uh, that's pretty vague, I realize, but. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the nuts and bolts of it. It's pretty pretty damn straightforward, realistically. So I would assume since you guys are, you're indie funding this, you guys, is this is this your first film, Bob, or? It's the first one that I will be writing and actually directing, yes. That's fantastic. So I would assume, does most of the action probably take place in the strip club? Oh, uh, yeah, majority, yes. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a little action outside the strip club, but the, the meat and potatoes of the movie, the, the scene that's going to get everybody's attention will primarily take place in a strip club, yes. Okay, that's fantastic. So 
I know the guy gave you the word strip club massacre and that enabled you to be inspired. What horror movies did you guys watch to come up with this or what movies that you guys enjoy kind of played into strip club massacre? You can go ahead and take this off. I'll let Bruce kick this off. I got some ideas of my own, but I think me and him, you know, we have our own preferences of horror movies. We, we agree on a lot, but we also have different tastes. And I think the two of us came together. So, so Bruce, you go ahead and kick it off, and then I'll tell what I thought to, to create this movie was the best. Yeah, man. Um, you know what? The funny thing is Bob and I, first and foremost, are fans. And with that, we both, like, like he said, have pretty much actually different tastes in horror and different things we really sink our teeth into with horror. Um, but for me, I mean... Yeah, this is a revenge flick, it's safe to say. So when, uh, for me, when I think of reven- revenge flicks, um, God, I hate to be, like, a cliche, but one Next of the first... Your grave? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> actually one of the one of the things that kind of, you know... <laughs> is that stuck what you were going to say? Uh, 100%, dude, you're fucking okay. on. And, and uh, although the remakes are kind of fun and stuff, I remember as a kid accidentally walking in on my grandfather watching the original on VHS. And I was, I wasn't even old enough to realize how fucked up it was. But now in retrospect, I'm like, Holy shit. A, I can't believe I saw that at a young age and B, what was my grandfather doing watching it? <laughs> so that was, uh, for me. Yeah. That was, that was kind of one of the things that my, my head and heart gravitated to when I said, we're going to re- write a revenge flick about a chick done wrong. So, yeah. And uh, I totally agree with Bruce on the, you know, last house on the left slash I spit on your grave reference. Uh, one part that I actually put into the film was I wanted the over-the-top, straight evil, you know, antagonist of the film. So I, I put a lot of Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses into it to where it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, the audience is going to be, I can't believe these people are this fucking evil. And it gets to a point in the movie to where I want the audience to say, okay, it's time for these people to die. And that's that's kind of what I put into the movie. Along the side of the revenge flick, I wanted the evil people to be over-the-top evil. Which is also very Last House on the left. It is. Absolutely sure. it is. Yes. Especially the remake. That I haven't seen yet, but I've heard I need to watch it. It's not a bad remake. I mean, you know, whatever. It, uh, it is what it is. Does it still have my favorite scene ever in a horror movie where the father walks up the stairs with the chainsaw? You know what? They actually – I don't believe that scene happens. They they change the last kill, and it's a, it's a way different kill than the chainsaw. Okay. The, that – if you guys asked me, if you tied me down and made me pick my favorite horror movie, <laughs> Last House on the Left might be it. <laughs> Nice. I'm dead serious. That might be my favorite horror movie ever. It, it's hard to compete with Evil Dead 2, but Last House on the Left is pretty pretty gruesome. I'm glad that those, like I Spit in Your Grave and Last House on the Left, influenced y'all's film. That makes me excited to see it. Great. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what. I want to be the grandpa watching Strip Club Massacre in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So tell me uh, – just so we don't forget to do this, you guys have a Kickstarter going right now. What's the easiest way people listening to BitFace can kind of throw throw a little coin into the into the coffer of a uh, of Strip Club Massacre? We uh, we actually are going the Indiegogo route. Um, for... Okay, so not Kickstarter, Indiegogo, the same way that Super Troopers did it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not with that kind of same record success. But yeah, yeah, we're doing Indiegogo. And realistically, the, you know, if you search Strip Club Massacre, it pretty much narrows it down right there for you. Easily recognizable. So yeah, Indiegogo.com, search Strip Club Massacre, and, and boom, you're there for sure. And, and tell us, like, all right, this is definitely something uh, our listeners will be interested in. What sort of uh, what sort of perks can they get for for giving you guys a, a little bit of coin? Because I looked at the perks and a lot of them were really exciting. You know, I think the one that one of the best perks, or one of I guess one of the most um, uh, reasonable perks, is just a copy of the movie. I mean, that's you know kind of well what do you want you know what do you want as evidence of a movie that was made well obviously you want you know you want a copy of it so $25 with shipping uh will get you a copy of the DVD um we've got a couple of the larger perks are going to gear be geared towards you know credits in the film or one of the things i'm excited about is actually you know on screen props being being sent uh, to backers so uh, we've got some props to to throw in there and um the unholy trinity is a step up from the dvd and that's basically uh you know you're going to get uh the dvd uh, a randomly chosen t-shirt from a couple different graphics ideas that bob and i and our graphics team have uh and then uh well what may be most important out of that is the, the uh, autographed photo of the lead actress alicia watson so and not only that, just to piggyback off what he's, oh, he's, I can't talk, shit. To piggyback off what Bruce just said, um, any DVD copy will also be autographed by Alicia Watson as well, is our lead actress in the movie. Excellent. So, I mean, I know you guys are Indiegogoing this, but you already have actresses cast. I mean, be honest with us, guys. Is this happening whether you guys get the funding or not? And it's going to fucking happen. I'm going to make it happen, yes. <laughs> Bob, that's exactly um, the answer I wanted. Yeah, Indiegogo was um, something that we felt like not 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 was a gimme, but a gr- a great way to get people involved, to let people know about the project, and to get those starting funds to kind of to get this thing underway. Um, without uh, yeah, without any kind of non movie spoilers, yeah, the movie is going to be made. So we- okay, so Bob is writing and directing. Uh, Bj, are you? I, I assume you're producer then, correct? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we're we're actually co-writing this film together. Uh, we, we've collaborated a lot. We discuss and talk every day. So it's pretty much a co-writing between me and Bruce. Mm -hmm. I'll be directing and he will be, yeah, producing it and whatnot as well. That's fantastic. I I love hearing grassroots movies like this. This, this makes me very excited that you guys are doing this. Uh, you know, that's one thing that we have said from the get-go, even before there was a strip club massacre, even when we were doing the Real Bloody, Real Bloody Reviews and when we were actually doing some marketing uh, under a sister company, we noticed at the conventions just there is a, there is a lot of clout with local indie horror and, and that grassroots uh, approach to making these films. And, that you know, that's without going into too much detail, because it may come up later. I mean, that's what brought us to this point from, hey, you want to write movie reviews, you know, and post them and just, you know, see, to all of a sudden it was, hey, let, fuck it, let's make our own movie and not even worry, you know, let's let's make one. So, yeah, that's one of the things that definitely influenced Bob and I to get down with, with this, was that indie culture of 
fans with just unbridled loyalty. So that's that's incredible. And, and Bob, it sounds like you you have a lot of experience, like behind the camera and doing things like this. So while this might be your directorial debut, I don't think you're coming into this half cocked, are you? No, not. I know the film industry pretty well. I've you know I've worked as a producer on some uh, NFL documentaries and some different things, but. This will be my first time being the lead man in charge directing, so I'm a little nervous. I'm confident in myself, but I'm a little nervous, but I've got a great cast, a great crew around me. You know, Bruce is going to be my right-hand man, and I mean, we... I was about to say, is, I is, think is, we're going to be okay. Is BJ your AD? That's what you need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to have it. You got to have a good AD. Every director I've ever read a book by has said, if I didn't have a great AD, my life would have sucked. So. <laughs> Absolutely, it's gonna be. I mean, it's, it's gonna be a hundred percent team effort. I mean, we've both done so much together doing this thing, and you know, if, if I don't think he could do it alone, I know I sure couldn't do it alone. So we're we're in this together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you guys don't have to reveal this if you don't want to, but uh, Indiegogo or not, when does this thing start shooting? Uh, I, Bob, what January twenty second? I think. Now is to start shooting uh, mid-January. Um, we've already we're finishing up some final locations. Uh, the cast is about 99% complete. Uh, we're actually in talks now with some special effects people to get the practical effects completed. Uh, so right now, tentatively mid-January at the latest to start shooting. That's incredible. I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. I mean, 98% casted, n- nothing but practical effects. I'm stoked. Yeah, man, that was one of the things we said that was important to us was making sure we had effects that would, you know, help help carry the film, obviously. So that's been something we've been really concentrating on lately. And, you know, it's we. I'm not afraid to say it. We've probably gone about a few of these uh, developing this probably unconventionally to a more seasoned or experienced filmmakers. But I think that... <laughs> That's kind of the beauty of the indie filmmaking thing is we, you know, we can pretty much do it however the fuck we want. If we've got an end product and we've got a movie that we're both proud of, it, whether it was conceived or even delivered unconventionally, uh, you know, hasn't really been a concern uh, for us. So I'm sure we're probably in, not exactly by the book on this, but one thing we said was practical effects are a must and, and you know, we just, we're going to do this how we want it. We, like Bob said earlier, we've kind of had our hand in a few things, and, and this was the first time he and I together as a team said, man, this is our film, our project. We're going to make this however we want it, and that's just – that's the end of the story. People may hate it. People may love it, but at least at the end of the day, Bob and I will know that we just – we did this exactly the way we wanted. So, you know, like losing your virginity, right? You want it to be perfect. So. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then sometimes it's in the back of your Honda. So Yep, yep exactly. And I'm okay with that. Um, but no, I think that's that's the beautiful thing is no matter what happens with this, you guys will sit back when you're 65, 70 years old and be like, we made a, a fucking movie, man. And I think that's very important. Like, you didn't talk about making a movie. You didn't write a screenplay that sat in your closet for 10 years. You made a movie. And that's a big part to me. That That's one of the things that – and me and Bruce have discussed this. I said, you know, and, and like he said a moment ago – and I 100% agree. You know, some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to love it. But at the end of the day, it's what we want to do. It's our artistic vision. It's how we want to do it. And to be honest, if you like it, I love you. If you don't like it, fuck you. I don't care. I made a movie. That's just that's just. I'm just being real. 
<laughs> no, but you're, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but let's just be real about it. No, I mean, Bob and, and, and BJ, this is directed towards both of you, but I've been trying to write a complete screenplay since I was 19 years old, and I still have, like, I've got 20, 30-page screenplays. I don't have a treatment, and I don't have a screenplay or a project I was that passionate about. So much respect coming from my end. Uh, as far as, like, you guys are making a movie. That's it's fucking incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I appreciate that, but it, it is not easy. It is not easy at all, man. If, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Exactly. It's not. That's why I'm a podcaster, because I can show up and drink a beer and turn a microphone on and talk to people like you guys. So. And you know what? I'm not a podcaster, and I'm also, I've told people a million times, because everyone asks me when I talk about writing this movie, they're like, oh, what part are you playing? I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I am not an on-camera guy. You're not going to pull a Hitchcock? You just want to see me on camera. No, no, no Hitchcock for you? No, like, walking up to the bus and the door closes on your face? or You know, we, we might can pull one of those off, but you will not hear me talking on camera, and you will not see me in the movie. <laughs> at all. No. We actually have a really good cast, by the way. I'll just throw some names out there. Alicia Please. Watson's our lead. Uh, Kaylee Marie Hornick is going to play the best friend of the lead. We have Mark Law, Morgan Dyson... Minda, John, uh, Minda Sisk. I mean, it's just a great, great cast we have. Melissa Skidmore is going to play the the evil, crazy stripper. And and I believe that we have a – it's a very new cast. A lot of these people don't have much acting experience, but they're, they're very talented, and I believe they're going to pull it off in an amazing way. First-time director, first-time cast, that sounds like yeah. – that's beautiful. We're just throwing caution to the wind, man. Like I said, we're just – we're going at it the way we feel like is potentially the most successful as far as fulfilling Bob and I's vision. And yeah, man, let we'll just let the cards fall. And I, I, I know Bob's just as excited about it as, as I am. So we have a great cast. A lot of our cast is new, are newcomers to the acting. I mean, they've done a little bit of acting in their life, but this is going to be their first real, you know, lead role acting. Uh, Alicia Watson's our lead. Mark Law. Uh, Minda Sisk, Kaylee Marie Hornick is going to play the best friend of the lead. Uh, Melissa Skidmore is actually an amazing evil stripper that's going to play the the antagonist in the movie named Jazz. Uh, Morgan Dyson. We just have a really really good <laughs> cast, and um, you know I, I believe that the people that we've cast, you know they they don't have experience, but they're going to pull this thing off and, and make a name for themselves from this film. So I mean. I totally would love to be an actor. Do you guys have an Indiegogo reward where I can be an actor for you? Actually, yeah, man. Uh, uh, Bruce, talk about it. Yeah, let me take a look here because I know we've got we've got a perk where we can uh, put you on set and kill you, which is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, traveling accommodations are, are on you. But, yeah, we, we can put you in the film. Uh, and kill you on screen. Where are you guys? Uh, where are you guys shooting at? It'll be in the Atlanta area. Okay, ATL. Well, yeah, I mean, accommodations, yep. Tyler. I can hook you up with a place yeah. to stay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we're, you know, it is uh, like like we said, it does take place in a strip club. So undoubted, there un- undoubtedly there will be a necessity for random male extras slown strewn about. So sweet. Yeah, I'd oh. love to be killed on film. So. <laughs> Dude, you guys both come down in January, and we'll put you in the film as extras, hands down, Bob. Right? Absolutely, man. There you you guys can come and see some boobs and blood. You can't go wrong with that. 
What you you sold me with boobs? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, maybe Sorry, like a, a a blood drenched motorboat of some type. Maybe I don't know. There's there's no limit. If you if you can promise me a blood drenched <laughs> motorboat, I'll buy my fucking plane tickets right now. <laughs> oh my god! You know what? <laughs> Shit! Now I gotta go rewrite something else, man. Come I know, on. I know. This is this is yeah. This is why it's uh, a team effort because we've done that uh, a few times. Or oh shit, let's just go back and you know change this one detail. So I'll be drunk at a bar texting Bruce like, "Hey man, we should do this scene." He's like, "Fuck it, let's put it in." And I'm like, "God damn it, where can I put this at?" Like it's just we're all over the place. But you know what? It's a great it's a great script. It's actually a really good script. How many pages are you guys looking at? Only I'm only asking as a writer myself. Um, it's going to be uh, between 105 and 110. Wow. So you actually did write a script. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be a full feature. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a legit yeah, screenplay script. Absolutely. Yeah, and one thing I've said from the get-go is while the movie is, is straightforward and, and promises to be a pretty good hell of a ride and a fun time, one thing we did make sure of was to write a, an actual fucking good script that was, well, in our own opinion, a little bit witty, you know, a little bit comical. But regardless, an actual good script where, uh, you know, there's actually some content in there as opposed to, I don't know, any number right. of films we've all seen. Too. Bruce is exactly right. You know, I wanted a little bit of depth to the movie. I wanted a little backstory. I wanted, you know, I wanted a solid story. I didn't want to just have, okay, you know, here's Strip Club Massacre, here's a strip club, here's some tits, and let's kill everybody. And when the credits roll, the audience is like, what the fuck was that? Like, I want... I want a solid, solid story. I'm big on that. I'm a a snob when it comes to a legit storyline. And thankfully, Bruce agreed with me. So we've uh, we've come together and not only made a great slasher film, but it's got a pretty damn good story, too. That's good to hear. And uh, I think coming from a a place of fandom is the best place to write a horror movie. I mean, I don't... You're next. I felt like Tyler and I just watched that, and I felt like a, a horror fan definitely wrote that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Rise of Leslie right. Vernon. A horror fan definitely wrote that film. It's. Uh, I'm. I'm really excited to see what you guys have put together. So we've talked about actors. We talked about the script. Anything else you guys can tell us about Strip Club Massacre? I know you guys are playing this close to the vest. We are. Um, we can go ahead and tell you it will be a straight to DVD release. Uh, we will actually begin doing pre-orders for the film sometime in February. And other than that, man, you know, just follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and stay in touch. Bruce, okay. Yeah, la- last year, yeah, last year, um, we when we were doing the rounds at the Days of the Dead horror convention and a couple others. Um, now we were there representing other projects that that were not ours, so to speak. But yeah, this time. Uh, this year, coming up in 2016, I mean, February, we're going to be in Atlanta for the Days of the Dead convention again as a vendor. Um, and, yeah, our plan 100% is to be pre-selling copies of, you know, our, our film at that uh, at that convention. So That's fantastic. Uh, so that brings me right into my next uh, segment. Good job, BJ. You're, you're, you're a pro at this. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about Strip Club Massacre. I want to talk about Real Bloody. And where that came from. Yeah. Uh, all right. So oh, you, man, go, you take it over, baby. <laughs> well, you know, um, geez, Eric, before you <laughs> and I were even in high school together, Bob and I lived two doors down uh, uh, ever since God, we were like nine or ten years old. So anyway, <laughs> all that to say, fast forward to only about 
uh, actually, yeah, a year, a year in November ago, um, Bob and I would spend a lot of time texting each other. Hey, have you seen this on Netflix? Have you seen that on Netflix? And we would just sit there back and forth and we'd, we'd cheer these movies on and we'd fucking rip them to shreds. And finally it was, uh, you know, we're not half bad at this. Why don't we just fuck it and throw up a website and we'll start some social media presence and we'll just review films films that are easily accessible, you know, through streaming services like Netflix and Amazon and, and who knows, maybe along the way we'll, we'll get screeners and such, which we actually ended up doing quite quickly. And so initially real bloody was a movie review site just brought on by the fact that Bob and I were fans first and foremost. I'll main, I'll maintain that every step of the way because that's exactly how it all started. And at the time, Bob, Bob was running his own marketing firm in Atlanta at the time. And so he said, you know, these indie filmmakers, you know, they're reaching out to Indiegogo, to Kickstarter. They're obviously people who don't have the resources or maybe the budget or time to do this kind of marketing for themselves and try to draw attention. So out of real bloody came the sister company, uh, Slasher Marketing. And that was actually where we got our first marketing uh, job with a film last year that we took to a couple conventions. And, you know, <laughs> what's it? The way I just the way I explain it is, Bob and I have just always had like the hunger, the thirst to be in this horror genre, specifically the indie film genre, the indie horror genre, and Real Bloody was a vehicle by which we, you know, expressed that, and it just was it wasn't really enough. Not that we didn't love it, but it just wasn't enough. So then we said, well, let's try to cater to these guys trying to fucking make a film. Let's market for them. We did. We actually marketed a couple of films for free before we even took a, a paying job simply because we wanted the, we wanted, you know, the practice quite frankly, and we wanted to just get our names out there as guys who are like not in it for the money. We're here to support the industry. So that was a slasher marketing. And again, it got to a point where we were enjoying it, but it, it wasn't quenching the thirst, man. And you know, it, Bob jokingly, uh, you know, had said it before, like, we should be writing our own shit, man. This is crazy, you know? And it wasn't until he, like, he started off his, you know, the, the pod with earlier. It wasn't until he talked to uh, that that uh, show's DP that Strip Club Massacre was. Whose like name the, is Nick Utum, by the way. We'll give Nick a little shout out because he's going to be our DP on Strip Club Massacre as well. Uh, yeah, Sorry, for man, sure. No, no, you're fine. Top Ticket Productions right there. Um so, yeah, it wasn't until Strip Club Massacre came to the plate for us that it was just like, man, it was like being in the right time at the right place. It was a movie that we felt was something that we could handle and really get our, you know, I guess cut our teeth on, really. And so, man, that's a lot of long-winded explanation there. But that's how this all started from a fan, from a standpoint of two dudes who were just like super horror fans. And we just kept pushing the envelope for each other until we – Jeez, I guess till we've come to this time and date where I think we're both learning, even in our even in our late thirties, that this may be where we're where we were supposed to be all along. And you know, we I'd still enjoy doing the movie reviews, but this is just something that Bob and I, I think have just a hundred percent fell in love with since we were afforded the opportunity to just to just get in there and get in the genre and you know express our art that way. So. That's that's the long story right there. <laughs> that's uh, I would not say it any different. Everything he said, I 100% agree with. That was a great explanation. Now, personally, I think that's that's pretty badass. So, I mean, you've got real bloody going. You've got slasher marketing. You guys gonna 
you guys going to start up like a, a film studio? You thinking if this goes well, you're going to write more? We've um, already got two more films we've discussed. Once we get finished with this, uh, we're in talks with some other people on some films. So, yeah, we're this isn't it, man. We're going to do Strip Club Massacre, and there's talks about a possible sequel and then a couple other films. So we're uh, you're going to hear from us for a while, I hope. Yeah, you know, the, the Real Bloody Reviews portion, we, you know, we pretty much kind of told, you know, what, what small fan base we had. Like, hey, you know, you're going to, we're going to go on hiatus, but it's not because we're lazy fucks. We're actually just, we're going to kind of calm down with the reviews a little bit so we can just dive into making the film. And so far, everybody that followed Real Bloody has been super supportive of Strip Club Massacre. So the review thing is kind of off and on. Uh, some of the filmmakers that we did reviews and or interviews for previously have reached out to us with their new movies wanting, you know, where can we send an EPK or where can we send a screener and asking if we would kind of step back into the review and, and, you know, for, for the sake of giving them uh, good publicity, which they rightly deserve. So the Real Bloody stuff is kind of sporadic right now. And um, the marketing thing is definitely Bob's world. So I don't know what future that has. I, I think right now he and I are just so in lust and in love with actually making films that it's. I think it's <laughs> it's it's rare that we ever say, how's your day? From the beginning of the day to the end of the day, it's, hey, I just thought of this. Or, hey, did you remember to do this? It's just nonstop, you know, this, this yeah, it's like, like I said, we, we barely even say hi to each other. It's just right into movies, so. Well, Tyler and if I have no idea what that's like. Bills, I guarantee you we yeah. text about five times a day each. Oh, yeah, no, trust me. And this is, I, I, I see so many parallels between what you guys are doing and how Tyler and I communicate. And it's, it's making me feel very misty-eyed tonight. Like, I'm like, <laughs> there's, there's other ones out there like us. But no, I'm glad yeah, you guys are, are, I like, the reviews are great, guys. But I will tell you, as someone that's tried to do it, writing reviews on the internet fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it's... I guess I give the benefit of the doubt. Even shitty movies have things that the the director should be proud of, obviously. And I, I say that even before Bob and I started the, you know, venture of of making a movie. But every film has something noteworthy or something admirable about it, uh, aside from the obvious director or writer going out on a limb and making the film. So, but you're right, man. It gets, it gets a little. Well, for me, know. it was like I wrote like I don't know, fifteen great game reviews. Yeah, and I'd have I have nothing to show with it except the print. This has been a lot more fulfilling for me because I'm able to talk to people. Uh, yeah, for sure. And for I sure. can talk about horror movies and games and like just the. I, I'm not going to say writing reviews is a dead art, but like we talked about last night on the cast, you don't get paid shit. Like you have to freelance for years before IGN will give you five bucks for an article. So mm-hmm. right. I don't know if did you guys run into that or it sound you guys have been way more successful it sounds like than than I was in the venture but like it it seemed like a, a dead racket for me. We never made a, a dime off writing reviews. It was just something we did for fun, probably as yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the maybe the most notable thing we did when Kevin Smith's Tusk came out, uh, I ended up writing a review for. Um, and I don't even remember the the online presence, but it was a, a company out of the uh, out of the UK um, who had asked if I would do one, and I did, and it was it was fun, and it you know got decent response, and it kind of never went further than that. I mean, we've never we never sought out to make money off of writing the reviews because we always felt like it was just something we were doing as a hobby, you know, something that would help us. Uh, 
Can I get our name in the genres? We just, we just wanted to be part of the whole genre somehow. Yeah. And and what's funny is about Real Buddy Reviews, the really funny part is, you know, me and Bruce would text back and forth about these movies, and I'd be like, this movie's horse shit, or this guy's a horrible actor. So when we first started the review site, it was going to be like real reviews by real dudes. And the first couple, like, we were hardcore. Like, you know, I would I would go off, and I'd talk about how horrible it was or how bad of an actor this person was. Well, then once the writers and directors started coming to us saying, hey, man, will you please review my movie? Then it's like, oh, I can't be this much of an asshole. Like, I got to find something. <laughs> like Bruce said earlier, you look for the good, even in the bad movies. And, and what happened was we just – I guess I was too nice of a guy. Like we would give movies that should have got a two rating about a five or six just because we didn't want to make somebody cry. So <laughs> that's the the sheer problem with being an officially unbiased reviewer. Yeah. Like once they start exactly. throwing money or friendship or free DVD copies or T-shirts or titties at you, yeah, it's kind of your your bias is kind of off the table. Mm, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I never ran into that, so I'm jealous of you guys because no one ever <laughs> tried to buy me shit. But you know, they didn't well, buy us anything. We, we've probably got a we got a lot of DVD copies, though. I mean, we got movies that they would mail us from Canada and everything else. We we got a lot of good uh, DVDs. Other than that, we didn't really get any money or anything else. But, but we got some pretty cool signed copies of DVDs for sure. And you're also talking about a very you know niche product, the horror genre, and and the fans that enjoy horror. And so, yeah, we would get screeners, which were fun, but we'd say, you know, let's, let's review this film and let's do like an online giveaway to a fan for a movie. You know, we'd get these autographed movies and say, Hey, thank you. know, thanks for the, for the signed DVD. And we'd tell the people, you know, we're going to do this uh, to, you know, raise exposure for your film and for our fan base. So yeah, we would just basically like pay it forward. You know, we get screener, not really screeners. Cause a lot of times they have the, the like the font across the screen while you're watching it, but yeah, we'd get copies of DVDs and we would just try to at least pass them along to other people who we knew would enjoy them, like we did. Because I mean, fuck that, all we were was too too happen to have a website as opposed to any other horror fan that just thinks the shit and doesn't put it on paper. So, you know, that's the difference. I will though. say our claim to fame, our claim to fame, I think was we actually got a screener for It Follows about two months before it hit theaters. That was actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we did that because of the way people talked about it, but yeah, what <laughs> we what somehow you, did. Yeah. Well, what were you? Sorry, uh, Eric. What were you saying? There? Oh no, I, I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was saying that the beauty of it is like uh, people talk about doing a lot of shit. Yeah. But unless you do it, I I, I really have no time for you. You know, it, it, I got to tell you, dude. It, um, I, I'm not afraid to say at 37. In up a to row? this. Uh, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Trying to suck any dicks in the way to the parking lot. Um, speaking of which, you're talking about pod. Do you listen to Tell Him Steve Day podcast by chance? I don't listen to Tom. The, the, the only Smith podcast I listen to is Fat Men on Batman. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, oh, man, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, you know, at, at 37, I can look back and say, un, un, I'm not ashamed to say it. I haven't really explored creativity to this capacity before. So, you know, while age isn't everything, it is also, you know, a catalyst by which to gauge certain aspects of your life. So at 37, I've, I'm, I gotta say, like, I'm proud of what I'm doing, whether it amounts to anything or not. I, I really, that's, that's just icing on the cake, you know, but 
I'm glad to be doing something creative and to get these thoughts I've had on, onto paper in some fashion. And, and I have to, uh, I mean, podcasting is the same way. I've, I've always been enamored of podcasters and I've pretty much discarded all radio and even music most of the time for podcasts all the time. So either way, it's like, uh, just, you know, I didn't realize that being this creative could be so beneficial, even if there's no tangible result yet, you know, I'm, but, but you, you uh, already have it though. You, you understand it. Like, and I, yeah. it's something I came to realize a couple years ago myself when I was 37, but that it's not, if you're doing it for money or success or anything other than love yeah, and just fucking quit. Because you suck. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> hey, I agree with that. I agree with that. No, but I love that you're 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 realizing that you haven't expanded on your creativity because that's something I think about every day. Like it was easy to talk about making a movie when you're 19. It's mm-hmm. hard as fuck to make a movie when you have kids and a wife and priorities and a fucking real job. I assume. And yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you guys work and you do this because you love it. And I. Trust me, there's a lot of people that wish they could do it, but they get off their shitty nine to five job and they go to bed every night. Yeah, <laughs> that's anyway, very true. Anyway, to transition from a depressing note to a, <laughs> to, to to a great note, we have to. I have you guys here. Please, both of you, I will shut my mouth. Tell us what horror movies we should be watching this month. Oh man. Oh my god. Bob, Go I've, ahead, I've, I've, no, Bob, I've ran this whole fucking podcast all night. Why don't you take over for a minute? <laughs> you know what, man? I'm just one of those people. I'm, look, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. You know, I, I love the classics, you know, Halloween, Friday the 13th, all that stuff. I'm one of the people where I I love horror movies that could really happen. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very logical, realistic person. And I did an interview a couple weeks ago with a with a website, and I always said, you know, the Rob Zombie movies for some reason captivated me, especially House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, because you know there are crazy people out there, and, and things like that can actually happen. So those are the type of movies, you know, the Hostels, the the Devil's Rejects, the House of a Thousand Corpses, even even as far as the Last House on the Left and and I Spit on Your Grave. You know, things like that can happen. So those are the ones that I'm intrigued by. I mean, of course, you know, you can have some fun watching, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and, and all this and that. But the ones that really grab my attention are when I sit back and say, damn, that shit could really happen to me. Those, those are the ones that I love. That's awesome. And it sounds like you came from that angle to write Strip Club Massacre as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's, that's exactly where you should come from. Um any movies you guys have seen this year, and and BJ, I'm not letting you off the hook. You still have an answer right. to my first question. <laughs> no doubt, no you're doubt. Not, you're not off the hook. But uh, any movies this year you guys have seen? I, I'm going to tell you guys, I just saw Baba Duke. Mm-hmm. Lots of hype and not a lot of delivery. I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say, I haven't really seen any new horror movies, but I did watch The Baba Duke, and about 15 minutes in, I wanted to stab the kid in the throat and turn it off. I hated it. Uh, Bob, I sorry if the Bobbitt Duke no. writer is listening to this. I'm sorry, but your movie sucked. I don't think it sucked, <laughs> but they definitely guaranteed I will never have a kid. <laughs> exactly. Just so I, I never have that kid. Right. Uh, oh my god, what a little kid that was. And I guess that Baba Duke wasn't this year, but it was last year, and it was pretty hyped. I, I just saw it this year, but I think it came out yeah late 2014. Yeah, I oh just my saw god. it this year too, and it was it wasn't bad. 
but it didn't blow me away like all the critics said it would. Exactly. And you know what? I think that's the yeah. problem. And I, I agree with you. Know, I sit here and say how bad it was. But if I went into it and watched it without having any hype, I may have enjoyed it a little bit more. But I sat down one night and I was like, okay, this is the movie that's going to knock my socks off. And like I said, 15 minutes in, I'm like, get me out of here. Like, this is horrible. You finished it, though, right? I did. I did. You know what? Let me, can, I, can I tell you, though, a hidden gem? And I think it's actually still on Netflix instant. I'm not sure. But there's a hidden gem of horror movies. And I want to say Bruce will agree with me. The Taking of Deborah Logan was probably one of the best movies I've seen in the last two years. Especially being found footage, because it was. But Is it still on Netflix? It, it is, and it's in any number of uh, news articles this month that tell you, these are the horror movies you need to see, you know, this Halloween, and that's always on the list. And the guys behind that movie, movie Gavin Heffernan and Adam Robitel were two guys that very early on we just lucked out and discovered that movie and reached out to them and they fucking just gave us interviews and they they kind of you know gave us an, a friendly nod every now on, now and again on social media so yes they happen to have been cool dudes but that was after we saw the movie and we said fuck we need to get a hold of these guys and you know when we were doing these reviews I would just say fuck it Bob I'm just gonna like send them a, t- a tweet I'm gonna tweet them. Because you never know. And I yep. guarantee you that, I don't know, 90% of the movies we got screeners for were just flat out because we reached out to people via social media. And that was one of them. But that movie, for found footage, is it's disturbing because of the way that the, the taking occurs. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's still on Netflix. You guys should definitely check that out. I'm going to add it to my list because I've only got a few, uh, a few days left in horror movie month. So I'm going to have to... <laughs> I would definitely watch that here's, one. There's also here's a, a movie you probably cannot find, and I'm going to throw a little uh, shout-out to to Gavin and Sarah Booth, a movie called Scarehouse. And Bruce can attest that it's a very, very fun horror movie. You probably won't be able to find a copy unless you go to the website and order it. But uh, that's also one of the best ones I've seen in the last year as well. Yeah, he's, a, I think, by trade, a, a music video director and producer, and... Um, they're also, uh, in Canada, which is why it's not as easily accessible down here. Um, but I don't know, Bob, if someone maybe had a copy on DVD that could be mailable, I don't know, but, uh, it's definitely, definitely super fun and, and kind of just, yeah, it's, yeah, there you go. It's fun. That's, I, do that's have, I have a couple around, around, by the way, just letting you know, I do have one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I got a, a couple titles that are actually both on Netflix. Um, have you either of you guys seen Housebound yet? Yes. Okay. That was. Did I you? Loved, did you? I loved it. Okay. I just wanted to double check because that one was, you know, it's it's uh, New Zealand, I believe, right? So yes. I think you don't see much from like New Zealand or countries of that nature because I believe they like the country funds. I don't know how it works to be honest with you, but I know that the funding for the film usually comes annually or biannually from the country. And so a lot of times you don't see these movies often. And when you do, it's usually because they're actually fucking good. And housebound is one of those. So, so that was one I enjoy. We never reviewed that one, but I enjoyed it. Another one is Australian. It's called Wormwood road of the dead. It's on Netflix. Have you guys heard of it or seen the icon? 
No, but Sean Bracey from Nerd Cube told me to watch Wormwood, and I haven't seen it yet. So ah, that, that, now double recommendation. Yep, for sure. So that's another notable one that that we did. I have a copy of that as well if you need it. Just letting you know. But is, is that on Netflix or? It is on Netflix Instant. Yeah. Oh, it is um, now. Okay, cool. It is. Yeah, and I'll tell you. Um, we, yeah, we did do a review for that one. A couple others that that I I have this thing, man, for werewolf movies. I feel like. Well, I say I feel like as in present tense, but I guess I felt like we weren't just we weren't getting any good ones. And so what a couple years ago, you had one come out called where right W.E.R. That was like um, 2013, which was kind of a new take on on lycanthropes, um, which was kind of cool. I, I need to go back and watch it again. But another uh, two other ones that came out and are both on Netflix. And uh, Eric, I know that you are a huge fan of like uh I guess horror comedy is one thing you don't shy away from, correct? Not at all, my friend. So, and, and neither does Tyler. So. Okay, so have you guys seen Wolf Cop yet? No, but honestly, <laughs> you recommended that, and it's it's on my queue. I just haven't okay. pushed play. Um, you know, the, as with any werewolf movie, people always want to talk about the transformation, and the transformation in Wolf Cop is fucking second to none. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so the other werewolf movie that is also on Netflix instant right now, and one that I just... When I heard about it, I had to get it, and that's Late Phases. Have you guys heard or seen of that one? No, never um, heard of it. It's actually called, let's see, Late Phases, Night of the Lone Wolf. And um, it's it's not as horror comedy as Wolf Cop is, but I, I, it's Late Phases. It takes place in a senior citizen's living facility, a retirement home. So uh, it's... <laughs> That's already horrifying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's pretty awesome as well. I highly recommend those two. But again, I I don't know what it is with werewolf movies, but I feel like we just haven't gotten any good serious ones uh, in a good while. Um, I do. It's unfinished, but I have a treatment tucked away that I've been working on. And Bob knows because we talked about it, but got a a werewolf. It could potentially be our next project. We're in discussions with that. Can you yeah. guys give us a title? Leak, leak uh, a little bit here in the cave? Uh, bite off? <laughs> That's, yes. So. <laughs> Sold. T- ticket purchased. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I, I've written it, but it definitely needs to be revised and kind of, you know, re, redone a little bit. But yeah, it's it's called Bite Off and yeah. I don't know. Okay. I just, so that I, sounds, so what, where, where does this obsession with werewolves come from? Um, man, I don't know. Well, I, okay, I do know two things. Two I wish movies. I knew. I'm not a big werewolf guy either, but his his treatment's actually really, really good. So for <laughs> me to agree to a werewolf movie, it's got to be good, and it is. Um, yeah, I don't really so much do vampires or zombies. Has been worked over like Ginger Lynn, but um, for for werewolf movies, uh, Silver Bullet, one of my all time favorites, if not my favorite. Um, and also Ginger Snaps, it's it's yeah Canadian teen melodrama. I love Ginger Snaps. Um, but even I don't even care. The whole trilogy to me is just a gem. Two, arguably Ginger Snaps two is better than the original. But Ginger Snaps, I saw it and it just yeah it had me hooked. And I think between Silver Bullet and Ginger Snaps, I've just constantly always like werewolves. Give me more werewolves. So oh, Dog Soldiers. Have you guys seen Dog Soldiers? Scottish. I have. Yes, that, that's a badass movie for sure. So, I'm gonna jump in. How about the Sacrament? 
No. Have you seen The Sacrament? You got me there. Nope. Uh, I believe that's... it's on Netflix. Isn't it? It's it a is, Jim, I think, you know, Jim Jones type movie. It's actually pretty disturbing. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a Jonestown feel to it, and it's Ty West who is like the master of the slow burn, which so it fits the movie quite well. But yeah, it's that's kind of disturbing. Uh, I guess maybe unconventionally. I don't know. It's disturbing because I guess it's like Bob said, it's something that could really happen. So yeah, that's a good it's one, one for sure. That could happen and probably is happening somewhere. That's that's why I'm <laughs> so intrigued by it. No, no mention of American Werewolf in London, guys. Um, yeah. You know what's what's funny is uh, last year when Bob and I went to Days of the Dead horror convention in Atlanta, uh, David Naughton was there, and nice. I am not ashamed to say that although I was excited uh, and I knew that he was obviously an American Werewolf in London, but more more importantly, dude, do you remember the '80s smash Midnight Madness? The Los Angeles Treasure Hunt movie, Michael J. Fox's first movie ever. Wow. It's actually the original rat race. <laughs> it's now owned and, and distributed by Disney. Wait a minute um, now. The original rat race is it's a mad, mad, mad world. Uh, but tell me about this other movie. <laughs> Midnight, Midnight Madness. Um, God, yeah, Michael J. Fox is in it. Uh, you had basically a, a little mastermind uh, in Los Angeles, who put together five uh, color-coordinated teams to participate in what he calls the Great All-Nighter. And this takes you anywhere from Johnny's Fat Boy Burgers to the Pabst Blue Ribbon Brewery and to a a straight-up arcade where the sole proprietor, proprietor is none other than Paul Rubens. Nice. So um, David Naughton was... That was the was... white team. Paul Rubens were the white. No, no, no. Paul, Paul Rubens ran the arcade. The white team was the geek team for sure. That's right. Um, that's right. Yes. But yeah, Dave, so David Naughton was in Midnight Madness. He was the leader of like the wholesome yellow team. And so last year when I said, Bob, I'll be right back. I'm going to go talk to David Naughton. Why not? You know? And so I walked up to David Naughton and I said, hey, I just, you know, I'm not going to bother you. I just want to take a time, take time, shake your hand. And although I appreciated your work on the werewolf movie, I really just wanted to say thank you so much for Midnight Madness. And, and after uh, after a quick chuckle, he said, you know, what's funny is a lot of people come up to me and they say the exact same thing. Like, I enjoyed the werewolf movie, but that darn Midnight Madness was a real hoot. So Now I have uh, to watch this. I can't believe I've never heard of this. Uh, I'm shocked you know, you've never it's, seen it. It's an 80s classic, man. It's a great movie. No, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you guys. That's what makes me really pissed. <laughs> I would sing this. I would sing the theme song right now, but I don't want to have people stop listening to the podcast. So I'll I'll save everyone. Oh no! Please, sing. please, yeah. yeah you... no, I'm good. Please. I'm good. We're no, good. No. Next topic. You brought it up, bro. You need to sing. Uh, you know, you could just uh, you could you know just put in the theme song in the middle of the pod. You know. Mm-hmm. We can, but that wouldn't be as cool. We, we want to hear Bob's rendition of it. I mean, man, Bob, you really did it on that one, buddy. Oh, look, my throat, I have a really sore. I'm getting over a cold, so I don't want to. Oh I can't. man, it's, that's, it's, that's weak. Hey, it's coincident, okay. you know, and coincidentally, Bob is, I think, the only person I know other than like me and my sister who have seen and know what Midnight Madness is. But that's my, that's the reason why. Although I appreciate David Naughton for his werewolf flick, uh, I just go straight to Midnight Madness in my head. So. All right, here's the deal, Bob. Since you're not singing us the theme song, we're going to write lyrics to our own podcast theme song, and you have to record <laughs> <Okay>. them. <laughs> I can do that. All right. 
And my name is Bob, and I have a horror flick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not going to continue singing. See, Bob, I know how you feel. Um, Yeah, you guys want to build fan base, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not not destroy it. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, you guys gave me some great horror flicks we need to watch this year. If we're going to wind it down tonight, the only way to wind this down... We're sitting by a fire tonight. If you guys could tell me to watch one horror movie, what would it be? Wow. I'm going to say, and, and I, I know that many, many people aren't going to agree with me here, but you know, seriously, in the last five years, the the one horror movie that really, really got me, that actually made the hairs on my arm stand up, was the original Paranormal Activity. Now, now, Part two to the rest of them can go to hell, but the original Paranormal Activity was probably one of the best films I've seen in a long time. Okay, so in the last that is that more than five years? Has that been five years? Have they That's, made four of those motherfuckers oh, yeah, in five I think years? They're on six. Yeah, they're dropping probably six. Now, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess. Anyway, that's still that's still one of the top ones. Now the rest of them are, are horrible played out but if you just kept it at the original paranormal activity i I think it's one of the most well-made movies i've seen in a long time i think they got kind of greedy with it because that was what a couple just a couple people who were like "Eh, we think we can make a horror film with just some yeah uh, some equipment if i remember correctly the budget was like sixteen thousand dollars and they actually shot the film in the director's house yeah so, and apparently I've heard that a lot. It's incredible. But then I think they were just like, shit, we can just make tons of cash from this. Let's make all sorts of paranormal activities. And wouldn't we all? I mean, if Strip Club Massacre blows up and I get offered $4 million for the next one, I mean, yeah, I'll fucking do it. We'll have Strip Club Massacre 12 at some point. I'm down. <laughs> hey, you've got to end it with Strip Club Massacre in space, let's be honest. <laughs> there you go. Strip Club X. Yeah. Freddy versus Strip Club Massacre. Let's go. So, hey, take it back to number two, though. What would your uh, your colon tag be? Strip Club Massacre Two. Come on, yeah. Give it. Give us that. Uh, wh- what would the tagline for Strip Club Massacre Two be? Two be like because it can't just be Strip Club Massacre Two. More blood and titties. <laughs> we could do like why not? Club, stri- I, hey, you you I'd then, then you it. can take it. <laughs> uh, so we could do. Let's see. We could do Strip Club Massacre Two. Uh, We'll make it rain in blood. And we can Slayer <laughs> reference there. Club Massacre 2 VIP. VIP. Oh. There you go. Oh, That's how cool. about Champagne Room? Oh. There you go. There you uh, I mean, go. The only, one I can, the only other one I could think of would be Strip Club Massacre 2 Glitter Clip. But I don't know how well that'll play. <laughs> I've, I, I've often said that strippers smell like baby powder and lost dreams. <laughs> There you oh, go. Oh, man, the baby powder. That's a new one for me. Do, do they not? I mean, I, I, I assume you guys have done some research for this movie. <laughs> well, I mean, we want it to be as accurate did, as absolutely. possible. Yeah. <laughs> you got to continue you got your research. Your research in your 20s does not parlay to the, the papers you were writing in your 30s. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. One week, ago, one week ago tonight, I was at a strip club for quote location scouting i ain't gonna lie 
Where are you planning on? Uh, can you tell me that? Where, where are you looking in Atlanta? Because I might be familiar with some of these establishments. Actually, I can't give the names. We actually have two or three that are, are being very, very willing to potentially let us film there. Um, but I will say one of them is way down Buford Highway. One of them is right off 285. And the other is off Old Fulton, Old Fulton Industrial. So I'll just leave it at that right now. But a strip club, to be honest, as a as an indie filmmaker, is a perfect place to shoot because you don't have to worry about light. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. You can shoot during the day, and there's no windows. Exactly. That's You guys are geniuses as far I'm as indie filmmakers. Like, you should shoot every indie I'm movie in a strip club. Right, exactly. I've thought that through myself, and it's, uh, it's actually very good. If, whether you're filming at noon or midnight, it don't matter. Exactly. That's smart, man. That's smart. Yep. I've got a, a quick little question to kind of maybe end us out because I've seen a lot on it, but I've, I've never used it. There's a We've talked a lot about Netflix. Have either of you guys mm-hmm. used a service called Shudder? You know, I've heard of Shudder. Um, there's, I've never tried it. There is a, uh, a comparable streaming service called Screenbox that will actually give you like a 30-day free trial, I believe. Um so I can say for Screenbox, the library is probably not your major well-known features, but definitely a lot of. I mean, the library is pretty extensive. So okay, um, Screenbox, yeah. I can I can say I've had experience with, but not Shutter now. Cool. I was just curious. I'm a big, when it comes to when it comes to horror films, I'm a big Hulu guy because you can find anything on Hulu. I mean, you find stuff that I swear to God, it's like home videos that they just pop up there. I mean, you see all you can see anything on Hulu. So. There's a lot of shitty horror movies on Hulu. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. Attack of the 50-Foot Cheerleader. Go check that one out and tell me how you like it. I've seen it. <laughs> it oh, God. horrible. All you have to put in the title for me is Cheerleader, and I'm, I'm pretty much halfway sold. Just like Strip Club, right? Oh, just, just like Strip Club Massacre. Um, there you go. I honestly feel like we didn't even scratch the surface with horror movies tonight, guys. So you guys have to promise me you're going to be filming January, February. Maybe come back and talk to us, or maybe we'll just do a podcast from the set. I think we'll be down there at the set. Oh, that'd be uh, – yeah, for sure. Well, that'd we can... be great. We do a podcast from the set because I'd love to get some of our cast on the show with you guys. I mean they they deserve a lot of the credit as well. I mean they're going to do a great job, and they've been – you know, being such a low-budget indie horror film – They've been great at helping us promote this movie, and you know they're they're working just as hard as we are. So, I'd love them to get their you know their due recognition as well. We would we would absolutely love that, and uh, trust me, staying someplace in Atlanta, like accommodations for us aren't a problem. I I'm, I'm from there. <laughs> so, kinda. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have a living room floor Plus, if you guys need. So come on up. Worst to worst, Bob, I'll be crashing on your floor. But I mean, I sure. Can... I don't. Hey, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, and seriously, guys, thank you so much. I've been trying to get you guys on the podcast for three, four months now since you guys were a movie review site before you were a marketing site, and now you're making your own movie. So thanks for spending time with us tonight. Seriously, it, me- it means um, a lot to us, and uh, we're very happy to. Uh, we're very happy to talk to you guys, and I'm very excited to say when you guys are producing horror movies, I'm going to submit my script to Splatterhorn. Ah, nice. So okay. I've, okay. Got, I've got a little idea I've been working up, a horror movie that I want to I want to do, and you guys are the best ones to, to do that. So uh, I can't wait, and this has been awesome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing 
your vision with us. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Man, for well, thank you us, for having man. us, man. We really appreciate uh, you know getting us out there, man. We appreciate it. Oh, and, and, and trust me, I'm sure Tyler and I will both be getting DVD copies of Strip Club Massacre minimally at the very least. And uh, and and when we'll get this out there. I'm sure other people want to support your film, so we're very excited about that. Thank you so yeah, much. We appreciate Thank it, man. It's it. I I'm, I agree with you guys. I feel like. We barely scratched the surface. We didn't even get to Eric. You and I didn't even get to geek out about Jason Voorhees as being the best uh, horror icon ever. But that's okay. There's have you heard about podcast. that? Uh, have you heard about that video game? Uh, I have, and I gotta say, I don't know how I've managed to live this long and not be uh, a gamer. But I'm just I'm not really. But if there's any game that's going to get me to be one, it's going to be that. You know. Completely. You know, Kane Hodder did the uh, actually did that video game. He's doing all the movements and whatnot for Jason Voorhees. And Tom Savini is doing the art direction, and they really, they really brought in their big guns. And if you, like, one of their perks is uh, you get a signed copy by Sean Cunningham, Kane Hodder, and Tom Savini. Oh man! Wow. They they pulled out the big guns three weeks ago. I was like, wow. And if you, no honestly, if you give them ten grand, they will digitize you as a counselor, and you can get killed in the game. <laughs> That's awesome. We better, uh, yeah, we better hope Strip Club Massacre takes off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, why can't we do a Strip Club Massacre video game? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'll be on play. That's like Lollipop Chainsaw. It just sell the word, the words sell. <laughs> the words sell. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that would be a, yeah, a four-headed uh, monster of sorts for sure. That'd be awesome. Excellent. Well, we're going to wrap here tonight from the Big Cave. Thank you guys again. I know I've said it a hundred times through text over chat tonight, but love having you guys on to talk horror movies, to support Strip Club Massacre. That's incredible. If there's anything we can do here in the Big Cave to help you guys out, of course we are here to support you. Anyway, um, tonight that was Bob Clark, Bruce, a.k.a. BJ Kilroy. Across from me, as always, Tyler, run TRG Glaze. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we are out.